Small Business and Startup Stories DSM features conversations with small business owners who share both their victories and failures on their path to success. Small Business and Startup Stories DSM is produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. More tips and resources are available at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. I'm your host, Christina Moffitt. Cassie Sampson, welcome to Startup Stories. So why did you decide on massage as a career? I am so glad to be here today um, to talk with you, Christina. Um, I have a degree in recreation therapy, and I worked in a lot of different healthcare settings. I saw the benefits of touch um, and wanted to learn more about how I could help people through touch. And then my coolest job, even to this day, is I somehow in college lucked into a job as an aquatic therapy assistant in a brain injury center in Waterloo, where I was at UNI, and I worked there through college. I I was a lifeguard and that was what they needed. So um, I was able to combine my love of swimming and the therapeutic properties of water and work with people who had brain injuries to do their therapy exercises in the pool. And this is my first, you know, I was 19 or 20, my first experience like that. And it was so cool to be able to be hands-on with people and see an improvement. So that that helped me with my recreation therapy career, but I've always had that in the back of my mind and, and wanted to learn massage therapy as a way to continue to help people feel better by hands-on work with the muscles. Okay, so very close. So recreation and then into massage. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. interesting. So what was the career path kind of, you talked to us about college, but the career path of really coming to like own your very own business. Tell us a little bit about that journey for you. Well, once I completed my massage therapy training, which I did while I was working in long-term care settings, I I really wanted to do that and go back to work in long-term care. But at that time, you know, this was, gosh, 12, 13 years ago, massage wasn't so mainstream in the hospitals and care centers as it is now. So that was not going to be a full-time career okay. opportunity. So I I went with my first job offer um, and worked in a small town chiropractic clinic and then tried my hand working at a different spa. And I really felt like at the time there wasn't the right employment fit for me. So I tried working by myself, which is really common for massage therapists to go into private practice, and I felt it to be really isolating. I missed the team treatment atmosphere of long-term care settings where I'd work with other providers. So I decided if I wanted to find my ideal workplace and it didn't exist, I should probably just make it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, make your own (laughs) playground. Sometimes. Well, that's, that's great. So you kind of had a little bit of that long-term setting of, you know, working with elder people, but then you worked in a chiropractor's office in the medical field and on your own. So you really did kind of know this is what you wanted to do. I did. I did. And I was so lucky with my career opportunities until massage. You know, in college, I got to work in a residential mental health center doing recreation therapy. So I just saw different kinds of less traditional treatments and how they impacted people. So I'm able to bring that into my work now. What a well-rounded experience leading up to that. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how long you've been in business and how it's evolved, you know, kind of fill us in on where you're at because that whole district has evolved. And then just a little bit about the products and services you offer because massage has turned into a whole bunch of different things for, mm-hmm. for you. Well, I the first time I went shopping in the East Village, a friend took me 
me down there in probably 2006. I fell in love with the neighborhood. It was up and coming and I wanted to be a part of it. And that was really, I fell in love and it was the only place I wanted to work. So I bought a loft just for the sole purpose of business. And that was my first little practice. And some of the East Village Spa clients remember visiting me at my business, The Loft, for massage therapy. But I realized that at that time there wasn't a spa, especially a massage clinic, skincare clinic in the East Village. And I wanted to fill that void. Um, So I expanded in 2008 and was able to rent a space. Somebody took a chance on me and I got to rent my first little storefront. Um, I hired a few employees. We signed our first lease the day before the stock market crashed. Oh, gosh. That was fun. Um, But really, I'm not a big gambler. So we had more space than we needed, but we only built out three treatment rooms. And as we were able to expand, I built into five. Um, I wanted to make sure every expansion was sustainable so that I could do it without worrying and just focus on the customers. And eventually we outgrew that space and I was very, very fortunate to find the old ENT Clinic of Iowa space, which is where we've been for over five years now. So we expanded there and now we have over 4,000 square feet and uh, a team of over 20. And and we've just been really fortunate and, and able to be a part of the growth of the East Village and the change. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. I can remember your first space and um, your services from there to where you're at now have tremendously grown. So talk to us a little bit about how, what you had in the beginning to versus what you have now. When I first opened East Village Spa, massage therapy was our main thing because that's what I was an expert in. And it was a few years before I was able to pull back from the treatment room and reassign my clients to, to my employees who could really focus on them. And as we grew, I was able to bring on some other experts. So um, skincare has really become an area where we've been able to shine. And a big part of that is I have an incredible leader in Camille Arbogast, who's been a licensed esthetician on our team um, for about seven years. And she's just done great things with our skincare program. And um, she has a very dedicated following in Des Moines. And we have a very strong experienced group of estheticians on our team. And it's kind of counterintuitive that as we've grown, it's become easier for me. But part of the growth has been that I've been able to spot and kind of bring up some really good leaders to take on other roles. So it's not just what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. Um, We're able to focus in other areas. We've got Kelly Parker and Molly Kinsey who make sure everything runs smoothly for our guests and they make sure our employees are organized and have everything they need to thrive. And most recently, I have realized that I am a massage therapist, but I'm probably not the best massage therapist to have the time to really facilitate training and education and leadership. So our licensed massage therapist, Justin Mahanish, has taken on um, that leadership role and really added new services to the massage menu. So we're doing a lot more with um, like sports massage and and massage for specific injuries and orthopedic work, not just the relaxation massage people think of when they think of a spa. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, and it kind of goes back to your roots a little bit with the, you know, you kind of talked about how you started in a chiropractor's office in the yeah. long-term care, kind of back to those medical roots for you guys. Right, and, and it's just been so, probably my favorite part of the business has been able to see these emerging leaders. And I know it's hard for a lot of business owners to give up control to people, Um, and delegate, but my business has thrived 
because of these leaders and what they've brought to the table and their expertise. I think that's that's wonderful. I'm going to ask you a really quick question because you and I have talked quite a bit about employees and how mm-hmm. they do make or break you. Tell us a little bit about how you find these good employees and how you bring how you bring them up and and really give them opportunities you just talked about. Well, when I think back, um, prior to owning the spa, I literally had only supervised one employee at a time in long-term care. Uh, I didn't hire people. I this is so my learning curve was really substantial, and I almost want to blush looking at you, Christina, and talking about <laughs> this because I made some really expensive and embarrassing mistakes starting out. But the advice I give every entrepreneur, and I did this myself, um, hiring employees was was the thing that really scared me the most about expanding my private practice into a spa. So I hired an HR consulting company, and everyone needs to do this. I, We are an expert at providing spa services. I'm not an expert at HR and right. the law. And we expect our customers to pay for our expertise. Um, just we need to do the same. We need to recognize we don't know everything. And my industry is really competitive. Um, there's definitely not enough qualified service providers, massage therapists, estheticians, nail technicians to go around mm-hmm. for the demand. We're a stressed out society. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So first of all, when we hire a great person, we have to keep them on our team. So that means benefits and making sure we don't burn people out because it is a high burnout industry. And including them in the decision making for our team. I want my team members to feel like they're working with me and not necessarily for me. Also, I think the most important thing that I do uh, that helps me the most, at least in hiring massage therapists, is I stay really active in my profession. I do volunteer work for my profession. I serve on the board of massage therapy. I'm an educator, so I kind of have you know, an eye for the new talent that's coming up in the industry. And I actively work to promote what massage therapists do in public safety. So that really helps me, I guess, to get a leg up in hiring, at least for massage therapists, because people already know that we care. Mm -hmm. And in our industry, it's sometimes a little bit rare to have the service provider or a service provider with experience who's leading the team. That's it's just amazing. And, I, and again, I mean, your employees are your business. Without them, you wouldn't have East Village Bar. Well, and I tell people that my employees truly are my number one customer because because that's it. You know, we're, we're making it a comfortable environment for them. And if they feel cared for and supported and fulfilled at work, that is going to translate to the people who are coming to us for services. I would 100% agree with that. They are your brand. Talk to us a little bit about how the business has changed since 2007. Oh, wow. Other than, you know, growth, just the growth. And and it wasn't deliberate. I did not in my business plan set out to have this many employees. I did not set out to have a 4,000 square foot space. But it's been a really organic evolution. And lately, I would say the biggest changes would be um, in the, you know, more toward the skincare end, but I would say about halfway through more toward really focusing in on skincare and not just the massage therapy. And we've had a lot of changes in retail and self-care opportunities for our guests. Awesome. And then you guys also have an additional room where you sometimes host different things in there. Was that intended or did that kind of evolve? We briefly had that room. Oh, okay. (laughs) And we quickly realized we needed that. Um, We needed it for services. So we did some rearranging and we're really, we're, we're bursting at the seams. We've got every, you know, one thing that was really deliberate 
about about our design is we don't have locker rooms. We don't, you know, I would say if you're looking for the fanciest spa in town, it is definitely not ours. <laughs> but if you are looking for employees who love what they do and are really passionate about their profession, come to us. All of our all of our spare room is used for treatments. Um, and we focus our extra um, instead of paying for those amenities, we do things like pay for health care and employee education and other opportunities like that. Which I think your customers would support yeah, knowing your yeah. customers. How has your industry changed since you got into it? You know, massage therapy is an interesting industry. It's an old profession, but um, we are getting a lot of publicity lately. It's become more recognized in the mainstream. You've got massage clinics at the Mayo Clinic. You've got hospitals adding massage therapy. In Iowa, when I first started, skincare and facials were not nearly as popular as they were in bigger cities in the coasts. But um, people are just understanding the importance as there have been changes in healthcare and healthcare coverage and healthcare rules. Um, people are looking for alternatives to maintain their health. And so we're just seeing a lot more people um, than we did 10 years ago who consider skincare and massage therapy just a routine, necessary part of their wellness. And it's great. It is great. Life is always happening when you're running a business. And I'm sure over the years, you've had some challenges, as every entrepreneur has. Anything Mm -hmm. you're willing to share with us? Well... (laughs) Um, I've come to dread birthdays, holidays, and important events because literally that is when things break, probably because it's impossible to get somebody out to fix them. Um, My husband is really handy, kind of to his detriment, but but one example I'll give, the day before Thanksgiving, an employee accidentally washed a, a nail tool. Um, and caused a flood and broke the washing machine. Oh, no. <laughs> so then, you know, that that's like, okay, we're supposed to leave right now to go home to be with our family. And my mom is has an illness. And, you know, so the choice is, do you leave the flood in the machine for days so you can travel? Or do you delay your trip a bit and fix it so you don't have stagnant water and so your employees can do the laundry they need to do the services? Mm-hmm. So you know, almost always I'm going to choose the business in that case. So we, you know, we delayed our our trip for a little bit, got it all fixed. But those are, those are pretty common occurrences, I think, with a lot of entrepreneurs. And, you know, we've spent more holidays and date nights um, (laughs) cleaning up floods than, (laughs) than I'd like to admit. But those are, that's just part of it. I had somebody tell me that water causes the most damage to homes and businesses than anything else. And I, and I think it's probably the truth. I have. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I can think of, I can think of more than one birthday. I'm like, why do things flood on my birthday? Or drains clog or yeah. I just, I don't make plans anymore. I just, (laughs) if you know what, if I have a birthday where everything is dry, that's fantastic. I'll go out to dinner. (laughs) But I don't want to be disappointed. But are we celebrating the birthday or the flood at that, or the non-flood at that point? Right. Both. <laughs> They're both equally exciting to me. So talk to us a little bit about how over the years, I mean, all these kind of funny experiences, which seem very traumatic, they really do make you a stronger entrepreneur. So just talk to us about over the years, how these, how things have become to make you a stronger entrepreneur, whether it's one pivotal point in time you remember or just a kind of series of things that have made you stronger? Well, I'm going to be a bring down here and say, I don't know that these have made me stronger. I think 
I've come to accept things. I do feel like lately, the last few years, where there's been a big push for work-life balance and that being the ultimate goal, that, for me, at least causes some more guilt and anxiety because I don't know that that that's always the most achievable goal when you own a business and you're really committed to customer service. And there are times where you know you have to make the decision where you've got an employee who had a crisis and is legitimately ill and you have a group coming from out of town to celebrate something. So do you cancel on your family or do you go to the spa so this group doesn't cancel and, and you provide the services? But on the other hand, I guess... It has helped me reach out to other entrepreneurs for support because sometimes you see their posts on social media and you look and you think they've got it figured out. They, you know, and that's that's the thing. And I was so jealous and I started reaching out to these women to say, how, how are you doing this work-life balance? And I found out they're doing the exact same thing I am. Um, their business is coming first. And while I wasn't thrilled with the answer, there's this huge sense of relief knowing that you're not alone. So I guess I would say in in the regard that I've learned to not to not look at everyone's highlight reel online and think that like they've got it all figured out when, mm-hmm. when we're all facing the same challenges. And, and I've looked to other um, business owners for support that way, and that's been great. I would just say most people, it's, it's one fire at a time. Yeah. You know? They're always burning, and you just have to actually make a decision of which one's burning hotter. And that's it. I, I cry a lot less. You know, at the <laughs> beginning, what used to be this catastrophe, now it's like a blip on the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you survive, and I do look back, and... I was teaching at a conference and we had a big piece of equipment break and it was, and one of my managers got it dealt with just fine, you know, called a company to come fix it, you know, rearranged the appointments and it wasn't a big deal. Whereas, you know, a few years ago it would have been a catastrophe, Mm -hmm. but it it was fine. You just roll with the punches Mm -hmm. faster. Yeah. (laughs) It's very true. So you've been around for a while, and I think established businesses face completely different issues than mm-hmm. startups. So talk to me a little bit about being an established business and what how issues are different than what you expected them to be as you've aged. That, this is a really good question. And I think the one thing that when I first started, I could never have imagined owning a space. Just the thought of signing a lease for a couple of years was terrifying. And now, especially when you're in a hot neighborhood like the East Village, um, one thing I do regret is I don't own a space. Um, that would be something I'd love down the road, that kind of security. And and to have that control over surroundings um, and an investment in the future. Though I'm sure when you own a space, I can't imagine the other problems that come up and arise, especially when we talk plumbing and things. But <laughs> yeah. that is that is one of those things in the beginning, just signing a lease seemed daunting. But now it's like, oh my gosh, how much time do I have left? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those changes. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And just... The uncertainty, you know, mm-hmm. the industry's change. And I mean, you can't, you signed, you started kind of right when the recession hit. So oh, yeah. spendable, you know, income and things right. like that. I mean, you, you know that those happen. So I, I think we, you probably plan better, but mm-hmm. there's just different challenges and you're not always the shiny new object. Anymore. Exactly. And the crystal ball, like what are, what are the trends? What's going to happen? What could, you know, what could happen with the economy? What could happen with healthcare changes down the road? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know, but, but we've weathered a lot bigger storms. Yeah, <laughs> so right. yeah, the floods, we've weathered the floods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, social media comes up a lot, especially with startups and even existing uh, people, talk to us a little bit about how you handle social media for a professional and personal. You know, is there a gray stripe? Is Are you completely split? Everybody handles this different. 
This is this is hard. Um, for years, I was really cautious about personal versus business persona, both on social media and you know out and about networking. And I was working with a coach and I realized how much anxiety it was causing me because it would be like, okay, who am I today? Who am I at this event? Am I like real Cassie or am I East Village Spa Cassie? And it's like honestly a lot for us to keep track of. And it was just a few years ago that I decided I'm, I'm me. (laughs) I'm the same me in all my interactions. I am who I am. And it's, it has helped tremendously with my stress level and it has not hurt my business. So, I mean, I am cautious about what I post publicly on social media. And um, I, I do think, gosh, what because I want all of our spa guests to feel comfortable, but I do employ a really diverse team of people. We have a very diverse group of clients. And, it, you know, I can't be quiet about the issues that directly impact the lives of my team and my clients and my profession, mm-hmm. you know, my colleagues. So I do, I do get a little bit outspoken about those issues and I don't think it's hurt my business and it's helped me to feel more comfortable. Yeah. I think that that's, that's great. I, it comes up so much and I know, well, one of our top five sessions actually next month, we'll focus on the, le- the legality of social media. It's now gone to mm-hmm. how do companies handle it when it comes down to employees and that'll be good that information. Yeah. yeah. So stay tuned for that. That'll That's in be February. Good. What makes your business unique? You know, so spas are definitely not unique. You know, you mentioned um, a couple things, but what do you feel if somebody says, Cassie, why why East Village Spa? Why are, why are you the best in Des Moines? What, what would you tell them? You know, we focus on employees. And that was my initial goal. And the niche I was looking to fill was I wanted to find great employment for massage therapists. And I couldn't find what I wanted, so I built it. So the customer service aspect comes from, I guess, the drive to create a really good workplace for massage therapists and estheticians. And... Um, Putting that first translates to incredible customer service. So whether you're coming in for you know somebody's first appointment of the day or you're their last massage of the day, you're not seeing somebody who's completely burned out and sore and grouchy. They're happy to be there and they're so happy to see each guest. So I think that's what makes us different. Um, we we really focus on the employee. We're not you know, using all of our, all of our money on the, the amenities, which are great. And I love them when I travel the resort spas, but we don't have the locker rooms and the saunas because I use that to invest in employees. That's awesome. I know you've traveled the world kind of seeking out spas. So tell us a little bit about that impact of traveling and what that's done for your business, what you brought back here. You know what? I've brought back confidence. The grass is not always greener, (laughs) though I would love if East Village Spa was in a valley below the Swiss Alps um, with natural hot springs, but I don't know who to ask about that. (laughs) So that won't happen. But what I've learned is you hear these great stories and then you travel and I experience the services and I come back feeling really confident in what my team are able to offer and think you're able to get world-class services in Des Moines. So, so yeah, traveling the world is a lot of fun. You might not get the nature amenities at the spa here, but um, I, I would compare any of our therapists to people I've met around the world. I think that's amazing. I, I, I think that confidence is always a great thing, that you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. So what's next for East Village Spa? Um, I wish I could say it was something really exciting, but I'm so happy right now with where we are. I'm so proud of our team. I'm really proud of our leadership. 
one thing I would like some new carpet. I would like <laughs> new light fixtures, a little bit of a facelift, but but really I'm thrilled with this direction and I'd, I'd like to keep going in the same direction that, that we're going for many, many, many years into the future. I think it'll be great. Cassie, thanks for being on Startup Stories. Thank you, Christina. Thanks for listening to Small Business and Startup Stories DSM podcast. Inspired by these stories? We offer a hub full of resources needed for any small business owner to grow and succeed in Greater Des Moines, Iowa at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. Thanks for listening.